Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexandra Stevenson, and I'm here with my best co-host, Oog Levadier, aka Oogie. Oogie, we are back after a couple months of the summer. I just flew back in from New York and I called you up and I'm like, we got to do the podcast for a little wrap up of the US Open and a little bit of Wimbledon and a little bit of Monday Night Football. So welcome, Oogie. I'm so excited. We're reunited again. Man, it's been so long. I thought this day would never come. I mean, you were all over the place this summer, Wimbledon, you were a star over there, then you travel a little bit, then US Open for a couple of weeks. Man, it was unbelievable. See you on TV. You did a great job. So props Thank for that. Thank you, Oogie. And, uh, yeah, awesome and I felt so bad because I wanted to tune in with you. But when I'm with ESPN at the moment, you can't have you have a no compete clause. So no podcast, even though we don't make any money off of this. So maybe next year I'll be able to sneak us in and they'll be like, okay, you can talk a little bit. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's it's okay, of course. I mean, it's a huge company, great one. So yeah, they make the rules and uh, we have to oblige to that. But uh, that, it's over now. The US Open's done. I mean, big matches yesterday, the finals for men's and the women the day before. And I mean, what was your thoughts on that? Because you, you were there for so, much, so many weeks. So you must have seen all the players and sometimes the practices. And I mean, what, what impressed well, you the most? Let me tell you, and, I've been in professional tennis land I've been ensconced, let's see, Wimbledon was two weeks and then US Open was three weeks. So five weeks, which isn't a lot compared to when I played, it was usually 32 weeks, but being in one spot for three weeks is a long time. And I had to stay at the LaGuardia Marriott. I was not in the city, everybody. So I was not mm -hmm. living it up in New York City. I was living it up at the airport hotel <laughs> with my egg cooker, my toaster and my teapot. <laughs> So there you go. It's really like you're you're going for a job and then you're in it and you just you don't have any outside distractions because you go to the site every day. It's like a 15 minute drive, which is a good thing, because if you stay in the city, it's about an hour, Ooh. sometimes 45 minutes. Although John McEnroe says it only takes him 20 minutes from his apartment. I don't yeah, know. He's about got all that. the detours. The yeah, roads. he knows how to go. So on and he, you know, he has night matches too. So he can just oh. roll in when there's no traffic. You're right. And I'm getting called in at like 7 30 a.m. for makeup. <laughs> yeah, that's it, huh? You were there every morning like 7 30, right? Yeah, and then quality week was uh they started at eleven a.m. So you come in early for makeup. Then you have a production meeting and then you get going and you you're watching all the matches on screens up in a booth and you have to keep track of all of them. And I really like quality week at the US Open because you get to see all the new players, Oogie. So yeah. all the juniors or the college players that you haven't heard of the rest of the year, unless you're in college sports and, you know, on junior tennis when you're in the 18s. But I'm not out there coaching any 18 year olds at the moment. So you was get there to see anybody like that, fresh faces and it's really fun. Yeah, anybody you impressed you a little bit that were 17, 18 or the youngsters we don't know about? Well, I liked, well, the one girl that I like, Clervy had gone away. She uh, plays out of JTCC where Francis Tiafo plays mm. and she won Wimbledon and Australian oh. Open. I think the French Open, she's won three Grand Slams and nice. junior grand slams and so she's yeah, yeah. an up-and-comer 
but she did lose in the first round easily right. to Saville, Daria Saville, who's actually mm. a very tough player to get when you're yeah. going into the pro rankings. But I was impressed with her, and we can't forget how fun was it to watch Mr. Ben Shelton. Oh, see, that's it. Yeah. I, mean, I, it, I, saw, I thought you were going to mention him because um, it was probably him in, you know, last last year and then in the quality. Yeah, and Australian but... Open. But uh, one more guy that I really liked was Mickelson. He's a oh, yeah. really good junior yeah, player really going into California, the pros, right? like 6'4". He's really yeah. talented. So I got to see him a bit. And then Lerner Tien, he played Francis Tiafo. He's won oh, yeah. the junior boys nationals twice i think so he was fun nice. to see but we have to talk about the ben shelton effect at the u.s open it was big huh how i mean cool i discovered was that? i just dis i discovered him at the u.s open because we haven't really seen him like you have to follow the tour a lot but sometimes his matches were not on you know stadium courts and stuff yeah, like that and then and he did a, he made a run to the australian open he yeah. made a big run to the quarterfinals mm -hmm. but at it's hard for us North Americans to watch yeah. Australia because it's on at odd times. So not a lot of people saw it. And so it was exactly. just amazing that he made such a mark this U.S. Open because that this is really his coming out party in America. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, his, his, his posse, his father, you know, the stories about the Gators and everything. And we got to learn a lot of stuff because you guys are there and you guys say, you know, you, you get the it's an american guy so yeah, you probably so were closer and, to him right uh well i i don't know ben but i know his dad brian and brian always comes up and says hello and very nice things to me and i saw him in the player lounge but i don't like to bother like the whole team but of course he, brian was just walking by and he stopped and chatted with me and it's so nice that he left florida to coach ben because ben is used to him coaching him and it's made a yeah. huge difference he was struggling in the beginning after Australia, and he just needed a couple months with his dad and some fine-tuning little yeah. tweaks. And look, look what he did with his lefty loose arm. Oof. He's got a huge serve. That's There's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah. plus it looks like he's always mixing the pace and the, and the locations and the speed, plus he hides it well. It's like, he does. how can you read him? It's tough and to read. his movement. I feel like... This whole U.S. Open, obviously, we we can't leave out that Djokovic won 24 and Coco Gauff won her first Grand Slam. But really, this U.S. Open showed when I was up close and personal that movement has taken over the game oh, even more king. so. Yeah. Right. And on the women's side, it's all about consistency and yeah. movement. It, it was Same like thing. crazy, yeah. like big hitting, big serving tennis. I know Sabalenka is number one right now, and she has a big serve and big hits, but she doesn't have like a game plan B or C, even though she's yeah. trying to add it in. But it really showed what Coco yeah. Goff did with her defense and her quickness all over the court. And all Brad and Pear Ariba, well, Brad Gilbert and Pear Ariba, mm -hmm. They just adjusted her forehand and made it, they hit it higher. Look, she hit it higher and heavier. They didn't change yeah. her grip because you can't change somebody's grip in the middle of a season, right? Yeah, plus at that stage, it's tougher it's as hard. well, right? I mean, maybe it's, she'll tweak yeah. it a little bit in the off season, mm -hmm. but she did win the Open with it. And now it showed her movement is 
just not comparable. Any woman on the tour right now, you can't compare their movement to her, even with Iga Sviantek. Yeah. Like Iga Sviantek, she moves well, but she doesn't do what Coco's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so interesting to watch because I was at the finals and we have to talk a little bit about the celebrities that were there. That was fun too. It's hard to not get distracted when you see like Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron. And then you have like Laverne Cox in the president's box and Al Roker and all these. And then you have Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner making their debut in the box. And so that's fun to go see. Matthew but, McConaughey was in yeah, Joker's box. He was in I mean, jo- he was hey, Matthew I McConaughey. After the match, I'm like, How cool was that? He he was at the Texas game the night before oh, with wow. Pat McAvee, you know, who he has the big show on ESPN now. Yeah. So yeah. Matthew McConaughey was on the field with him. Then he flew to the US Open and was in Djokovic's box. How cool was that? <laughs> Great two days for him. For yeah. Sure. I know. Wow. But watching Coco Goff win. The first set was so interesting because Sabalenka came out and played her game Mm -hmm. and just took the racket out of Coco's hand. But because Coco wasn't playing her game plan, she was just playing her old style of tennis that we've seen the last couple years. And then all of a sudden she started being looser on her forehand and just running everything down. And Sabalenka had nowhere to go on the court. Yeah, that's and right. She couldn't even everywhere all over that court. And Arena Sabalenka had nowhere to go except forward yeah. to the net. And that is not her game. That's right. She's not quick enough at the net. And no. then, huge rally. The point of the match for me is they they have a huge rally and then they're all they're both like I think out, out of breath and we don't know if they're gonna get to the next ball. And suddenly Sabalenka Hits a drop shot. Coco just runs it down and just crushes the forehand cross court. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, we're at another level yeah. of fitness there. She because deflated her. was gassed and Coco was just chilling, just sprinting and just finishing the point. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, that just closed the match for me mentally for Sabalenka. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting that Coco, so in the gym, when she, before her practices, she goes in the gym for like an hour and a half and does all her prehab and her warm up. And so she comes out on the court and just starts hitting super fast because she's already warmed up. Yeah, and that's right. She's I ready. think just the training and that her team around her, it's so extraordinary that she's had this from the beginning with her fitness. And now it's finally working because she's been on the tour for years. And she, mm-hmm. it just took a little bit of strategy. As you know, Oogie, strategy can change, yeah. can make a whole different like player. Huge. And it was just a little bit of tweaks here and there. They didn't change much. They changed the yeah. height on her forehand. They yeah. had her go after her serve more. And then voila, you have her <laughs> movement. You don't have to fix that. We know she can move, right? Yeah. And then she can get more aggressive. And then also she can hang back on the court five feet behind the baseline and make the other players miss. How um, how big of the coach of the year does Brad Gilbert looks right now? Seriously. Wow. Ha, th- I mean, he, she won two tournaments with him. Yeah. Two tournaments. A fa- uh, well, Canada, she lost to Pagula. So, it's her only loss since Wimbledon. Yeah. I think she was she's like, like 17, 17 and, and one. one. Yeah. yeah. And, and then she's 18 and she goes yeah. into a grand slam 
with Brad Gilbert and Pere Reba, who Pere Reba has been putting in the work before Brad after Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. So you got to give him credit too. And then she yeah. goes and wins the tournament. Wow. Very cool. And Brad looked like, oh my God, he looked so nervous <laughs> towards the end of the match. He's like, oh, can this end, please? It was like, well, and the, the funniest was he was on our ESPN team, right? So For sure. He was like clocking. I mean, talk about the hardest working guy in the tennis world right now. Yeah. I think he got like three hours of sleep each night. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, I, I remember one time he was ending the session, like the night session finished at like 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, tomorrow morning, Coco's playing at 10 or something. So I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, oh, I have to watch a scouting report. And then I'm like, oof. Yeah, He's it's just yeah, it's impressive. Sleep. I don't know how he does it. He he just doesn't need a lot of sleep. I would be <laughs> it'd be really hard because I love my sleep, Oogie. But yeah. it was it was so interesting to see it up close and personal. And you know who else I actually now I really like? I really like Daniel Medvedev. I have to nice, say. Huh? I like yeah. his personality. I like that he lets people have it when uh -huh. they're not being nice to him. But he's actually yeah. a charming, funny guy. And yeah. what Novak said is kind of the same sentiments. And I liked what Medvedev said at the end that yeah. Novak always has treated him nicely, no matter what ranking, and that he kind of just treats everybody the same. And I have to agree because I finally got a question in to Novak Djokovic during qualifying week when nice. he was practicing on the court. Okay. And it was unexpected. Patrick McEnroe was going to go down courtside and mm -hmm. interview him, but the mic didn't work. And I was on set with Brad Gilbert, Chrissy Everett, and the host. Yep. And so they sent it to the set. And nice. it was so funny because the host started off with the questions and then she passed it to Chrissy and then they passed it to Brad and then they weren't going to pass it to me. But Brad, like, the host went again with a question, and then Brad, like, held up his hand, and then he let me ask the question. There you and go. it was just so cool because then I asked a different question. I asked about his tensions of his racket mm -hmm. and what he brings out to the practice court. How many different tensions does he do? And is he going down or up because of the conditions and the, and yeah. the extra duty balls? And he was hitting and he's like oh good question so i have what to say, say oogie how cool was that novak told me i had a good question i was very of excited course. but wow. he was like really nice and that was just cool to see and it's interesting to see the players and their teams and like who will say hi and who won't and it's just a different vibe than when i was playing it's yeah, i think maybe sure. social media is has opened the doors more and it's mm -hmm. more of a cohesive environment. Yeah, I so, think so. Yeah, I think so, so because it was really close before. You know, even yeah, even you between remember the players, even between the players, especially yes. women's on the women's yes. tour, not a lot of talking, a lot of just small people together, like a couple of uh, Spanish together, a couple of you know English. Yeah, all together. the countries <laughs> were together, like your yeah, individual and now countries. it's really more wide open. And, it is, and the males, you know, players, and they they involve their their often their wives and they have you know blogs and they do this do that and and that really helps because we follow these people and then we're we connect more and then we see them and we get to talk it to does. them well and hey how more. about taylor fritz's girlfriend and tommy paul's girlfriend they're like 
ultimate Instagrammer influencers. Exactly. And then you have Francis Tiafo's girlfriend, Ion, who's so nice. I played her in Canada. She's Canadian. Did. And oh, wow, she, that's true. Yeah, she's Canadian. She's just so nice, but she's an influencer. Yeah, so they actually sure. have jobs traveling with their boyfriends on the tour now. It's so that's, interesting. Yeah, and it's really nice because they get to travel with them. You know, before it was much tougher, you know, unless you're like a Federer and Mirko was there. But yeah, it's the, a little harder. Now it's easier. Oh, and we have yeah. to say, of course, it's easier because there's more prize money, which is a good yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's huge that there was, was it 50 years together and Billie Jean King opened the door. Yeah, for it was the, the same 50th anniversary of the U.S. Open celebrating equal prize money. So that was wow. that was fun. The opening yeah. night, they had Billie Jean King out there and Michelle Obama giving a speech. And everybody put wow. on glasses of Billie Jean King and the crowd and they celebrated her. So that was cool to see. Yeah, and then, uh, you know what else was fun to see? I have to say, I was all excited about Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go off topic of tennis and go into Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I even That's bought right. a Jets hat, Oogie, at the airport. You did? Yeah, because oh, wow. I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan, so I got to buy a Jets hat, right? Like, yeah, I have a Yankee hat. Him. Yeah. I have a Yankee what hat because of Derek Jeter. I'm still a Yankee girl. But now I'm a Jets girl because I like Aaron Rodgers and I'm so bummed because Monday Night Football and he gets injured in the first quarter. Yeah, that's what I heard, huh? But negative so, x-rays yeah, though, but Negative x-rays. So he, hopefully he's okay, but just kind of a bummer. But at least maybe it's the first game that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's not a good sign because you want to have him in the you Yeah, know, you want to have him the team in the mix. So hopefully least, it's not a terrible injury. But the best thing was he came to the U.S. Open, Oogie, and he, he stayed did. all day long. Yep. And he was oh. in a box. I tried to get into the box. I didn't get in. I need to get an agent that can get me in these boxes. I mean, it's Sam Hewen was there, the guy from Outlander. And I feel like I really should meet him, and I didn't get to meet him either. Because oh. in the boxes, you have security guards and it's really hard to break through the security guards Jeez, i've made friends with sure. some of them so some of them remember me every year and i say hi but then you try to get into a suite and they won't let you in see even your good looks doesn't get you into the bodyguards even my badge <laughs> didn't get me in the suites maybe next year i'll try then i just turn around and you know what the jess have the jess have just taken the lead by a, I'm by very a field excited. Goal. Yeah, they hey, came back because they were hey, down. Look, Rogers has been coaching this team, and yeah, if you go sure. watch that Hard Knocks Jets preseason, it's a pretty good show. You got to check it that. out. I watched that before the open a little bit, but look, I think Rogers is going to be great for the Jets, and just oh, because he sure. got injured, I think he'll be okay. But he brings the experience and the winning attitude, of course. Because let's be honest, the Jets haven't been. That great no, they the haven't. And, I don't know how many years. Uh, but... Eli and Peyton Manning had on John McEnroe today on their show in the oh, first nice. quarter, and he was so excited about it. He was. I always get really excited because in the green room, when John comes in, it's like John McEnroe, right? So if like yeah. nobody's around, he'll talk to me a little bit. And he was telling me he was going on the show, so I made sure I watched it, and yeah. it was during before Coco's golf's final match and 
he brought in Mindy Kaling because he's on Never Have I Ever, her show that she created on Netflix. And I was like, oh, Mindy Kaling. So I went over and I met her and I got a picture with her. So that nice. was cool because we got we got a celebrity in the ESPN green room. But nice. yeah, John's always interesting to talk to because he's, you know, he's been around so long and he and just any question you ask him, you're learning something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he's so got an opinion on everything. Yeah, so, on yeah, everything. And interesting as well. And we might hit if he comes out to Malibu. He said he'd text me for a hit. So I got to be ready, Oogie. Well, is he ready? I mean, does, does he still play a little bit? <laughs> he or says I'd be more concerned. For, he says he's ready. So he's like, are you ready? And I was. I said, oh, of course I'm ready. Yeah, of course. I, I saw you, you know, with with Darren Cahill at Wimbledon and trying to hit some tennis balls on cans on the, you know, on the. Yeah, the I'm always ready, and, right? And then, I mean, Brad and Darren look slow compared to you, so I mean, I can't <laughs> well, say maybe still, John would. I'm still know. working out, and it was. There you go. It was. Uh, I played a little doubles uh, clinic at the Open on the last Friday. They had nice. all the all the other players out there. And yeah. up oh, it's sixteen thirteen now for the Jets. Woohoo! That's it. Let's go. That's Jets. what I told you. They're they're up by uh, you know a little field goal yep. action there. Yep. And a couple of minutes left. So yeah, I mean they might sneak through a victory right there. Yeah, you never know. All right, so we got to talk a little about Novak Djokovic and number twenty four Oogie. Huge. How he gets, about that he gets match to join Margaret Court? I mean twenty four twenty four. You know, the, very the biggest, impressive. The winningest women, 24, and the winningest man, 24 as well. He got yes. the Mamba shirt with Kobe. They were close, he said. Yeah, right? what did you think each other, about right? the shirt when he put it on? At first, I didn't really understand what's going on. So I'm like, there we go again. Djokovic, you know, being surfing with the line of, you know, because we've been used a little bit to Nadal and Federer, right? So when yes. they win, always nice, always very respectful to other people, you know, winning. So... And then Djokovic is a little different. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's respectful, but then sometimes, no. Sometimes he wants to say, okay, listen, I'm the best. I'm the best. And, well, and he he's also played the villain. So he's been yeah. the villain for so many years. And it's so funny because now he's the hero. Yeah, that's and right. And I feel like he's been misunderstood all these years because of Nadal and Federer. Yeah. They're but, like Mr. Everyman. And then you have Novak, who's the disruptor. But now it's turned around and he's like going to run for president of the world. For sure. In Serbia, for sure. I mean, he's the yeah. idol over there, like yeah. Maradona in Argentina. And just listening to all his, when he gives his speeches, he always has something interesting and informative yeah. to say. And he he gives back about his, how he grew up and about how it's yeah. important to influence kids. And he's just, he's become a really good champion. That's what I yeah. feel. And I, I feel like the Mamba Kobe thing I liked his explanation. Look, he won 24, Kobe sure. 24, and they were friends and he mentored him. And I yeah. thought it was cool. And then it was so funny. He pulled out his Izod jacket with the 24. <laughs> so You're it's right. like he had 23 at the French. So yeah. maybe at Wimbledon he had 24, but that got thrown away because <laughs> Carlos it was it was it was put it back in the, the bag for everybody but uh, Carlos uh disrupted that win but he did get right. it and just how he played Medvedev yeah was so smart using the slice backhand yeah he did that a lot, a lot in the first set you're he right he did and and just talk about movement again 
Coco Goff, Novak Djokovic. I mean, Coco Goff moves fantastic, but I don't think she's Djokovic level yet. I feel like she can get there. Yeah, yeah. Give her more years, but Djokovic and how functional his body is and how he gets to balls you don't think he's going to get to. And just the shot making he can recover from and he looks down and out and then he gets back in it. You're right. I mean, the movement and the anticipation because all those years with anticipation, he can get to those balls and makes makes it look easy almost because sometimes he's way out of the court and he gets back to the next ball like even in a rally mode. I'm like, dude, you you shouldn't even be touching that ball, but he (laughs) He anticipates the play so much. Okay, he's going to... Because Medvedev, I think he made a little too many mistakes trying to go back behind Djokovic because, of course, when somebody's a very good mover, you want to go back. But on hard courts, it's much harder much harder to do on clay courts it's a really good idea if he gets back to the middle of the court too fast you go behind him it's good he slips but on hard courts Djokovic is moving back but then not as fast at the end so he can sneak back to the same spot yeah you have you have more stable footing and look Medvedev's match against Alcaraz he just kind of beat up Alcaraz and Carlos just looked a little tired. He didn't look as yeah. spunky and mm-hmm. he had his leg taped. He had his wrist taped. You know, yeah, he's had a big that. year. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> Medvedev, and Medvedev served so well against served so well. Point. And he yeah. knew what he had to do and he executed it. And so you got to mm-hmm. give him credit for that. And then Djokovic just had that edge again. Yeah. But second said, though, it could have turned a little bit. Yeah, you know? it could have turned. Point. And, and then Medvedev yelling cross court, but the, the Djokovic was there. But if he went down the line, it was so wide open, it would have yep. been one set all, and maybe we have a different match because exactly. Djokovic looked a little gassed at the end. He I think did. he was hitting bigger because he was not in in good condition physically. Normally he doesn't hit that big, but now he looked like he was hitting way much bigger than yeah. Medvedev. So I think Medvedev knew it. He trying to just put it back, put it back, and wait and. To worn him down but it played against it him didn't the work end, but... and then and then how about when they both were yelling at their boxes i think it's it's so fun now because you Hilarious. get coaching on the court and then at the u.s open the boxes oogie the coaches box they're far it's really hard to hear and so then right. everybody's yelling <laughs> yeah when Djokovic, when he was i don't know which match it was but he said he wanted creatine. Yeah. Creatina. So loud. Like the camera was right there. So I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> well, hilarious. he gave up one of the things he uses. Creatine helps him. And I have yeah. to say, he stays over uh, at his friend Gordon's house in Jersey. And I've been to that house. It's very cool. It's like a compound. And nice. they have a special... Um, high altitude chamber it takes you oh, up do. yeah to recover it's a bod pod and i'm wow. sure he uses that because the recovery is amazing i used it for a couple days and then i went into memphis tournament and then yeah. uh, another tournament i got like qualifying to the quarters and then qualifying to the finals and i wasn't even tired that's how extraordinary the machine is and it's safe you know it's yeah, not it's exactly. not illegal Mm-hmm. It's an expensive machine, though, but it he was pretty amazing. So I think he does use it, and maybe ah. he ha- maybe he travels with something. But his recovery, what him and his team do, I'd love to know. And then also yeah. look, Coco Goff's recovery. Mm-hmm. Her team is doing it right as well. 
You're right. I mean, for, but Coco, yes, but the men's side. I mean, look how much the well, biggest rallies. Look, they two out of three, three out of five. Sets, three oh out of five. Gosh. Totally Unreal. different. And I know there's a whole argument about equal prize money. The men play three out of five. The women play two out of three. And I'm not going to get into that because I feel no, no. like everybody comes to watch both. But yes, three out of five sets is so hard. And what the men do is so physically demanding and how the technology and the trainers have come up with the recovery methods. Oh, yeah. They don't have a choice. Yeah, but they have to. You're right. To. I mean, there's special special stuff for Djokovic. Yeah, I mean, he's got right. some and good stuff. Some, some powders, some pills, some pods. I mean, all the peas. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. All, all the peas, peas are, are aligned. Cool. But everything, you know, everything legal you can use. But then that being said, then maybe there's some stuff negative about. Yeah, you're right. Gluten free oh, changes. I, I got oh. a note from the producer. Ten oh. seconds. Sixteen thirteen. Bills right. going for. Bill's going for a tie field, tie field goal. Yeah. You're right. Well, it's, it's kind of fun. We're like watching football, talking Oof. tennis. It's a 50-yarder. <laughs> it's a 50-yarder. Oh, that's a big one. All right, Oogie. And well, the kick is on the post. Are they going to get it? It's not. Oh, it's what good. It went in. It kicked oh, on the they left got post it. and it went in. Oh, oh, nice. So a little bit of overtime there. Coming. All right. Now it's going to hmm. be tied. Okay, this is getting entertaining. All right, Ugi. Well, this was so much fun. And I'm so glad we had to check in after I landed from New York. I've been gone for so long. And I wanted to get back with you. And we'll go into more detail next podcast. But it oh, was yeah. a, a fun little reek. Been serving aces with Alexander Stevenson. Follow us, like us, at Alexander Stevenson, at Ugi Levadier. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.